I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. October 5th, 2020. Getting funky. The watches of James Bond. Violating public decency and evil. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello. Good day. Good day to you, sir. To you, ma'am, sir. And happy Monday. Yep. You had to think about it. I did. I did. We live in a realm outside of time and space. A couple things have happened to me when it comes to knowing what day it is. Mm -hmm. Three things, to be exact. One, I was born with a deficiency. That's absolutely true. Two, we always record at least one day before it airs, and so that's an adjustment. But then three, so much of the latter portion of today's content has to do with wrapping up what has been quite a full weekend. And so I've been living, reliving many days at once. And so I'll just trust you when you say that it's Monday, October 5th. Mm-hmm. What I do know, absolutely, without question, undebatable, undeniable, is that instituted by Funky Town Fitness in St. Augustine, Florida, today is National Get Funky Day. You're encouraged to make it funky any way you want for as long as you want, but let's do keep it clean. Let's pause and let everyone have a moment to get funky yes. in their own space and time whenever you're listening to this don't feel restricted though to just this time that we're granted no far be it from us to restrict anybody's once again any way you want for as long as you want with the requirement of keeping it clean keep it clean respect other people's boundaries yes do do not get funky in someone else's space please instruct our children in that i feel like several of them are always trying to get funky in my space Yes, I feel like they live in funky perpetuity. Yes. And uh, yes, they have no understanding of space. (laughs) 
personal boundaries. Especially with you. I especially, yes. Okay, well, we're going to take it back a couple of years to 869. Woo! You like the old ones. I like the pre-1000s. This is uh, the fourth Council of Constantinople. Four of them. For, well, the fourth one there. Yep. Um, it is overall the eighth ecumenical council of the Catholic Church. This would be, to my knowledge, the first of the ecumenical councils where the East and the West now looking back disagree as to whether or not it was ecumenical. Oh, oh, okay. Meaning all agree. But it was, okay. It was in Constantinople. Yeah. Which was the sort of capital, I guess you could say, the heart of the Eastern yeah. Church. There's uh, there's probably more details than we have time to go into. Yeah, this isn't actually a church history show. Yeah, like, yeah, not actually. <laughs> um, it's just the funky side. That's right, the funky side of history. So, very overly simplified. Mm -hmm. And absolutely leading into what you've just pointed out. There has been an ongoing centuries-long ever-increasing tension uh, between the East and the West, and this is absolutely magnified by the also ongoing battle between church and state, where I can't speak definitively to say that the church was trying to control the state, but I can speak definitively and say the state was absolutely trying to control the church in some instances. Mm -hmm. Now, some leaders of state were absolutely Christian, absolutely Catholic, and they did want to work in harmony with the church. There were others who recognized the church has a lot of power. I like power. I'd like to take that power. <laughs> yes. But I know I can't just take it, so I got to control the church instead. Yeah. And yes, this is many centuries of world history that play out in this. Um, oh, notes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the other primary focus of this specific council uh, was looking at reaffirming the decisions, which we've actually talked about mm -hmm. relatively recently, yes. of the Second Council of Nicaea, which was where grand discussion went on to clear up the use of icons and holy images. Indeed. Which was, in and of itself, another thing that was embroiled with difficulty between church and state. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now, it's, it's very informative. It's very helpful, I think, to look at things in present day more accurately when you have just a little bit of a grasp of everything that's gone on. Yes. Even if it's just encapsulated points here and there. Sure. Uh, it makes things mean a little more. It also brings into light, into focus, how ridiculously wrong we interpret, especially here in the U.S., separation of church and state. Yes. Yeah. Never, never is what our, bleh, what our definition is now is never what was defined and intended. We have slowly perverted that definition to, again, fit the desire of one of the two sides that mm. seems to be desperate for control, the state. Yeah. Well, that Fourth Council of Constantinople, they had a lot of ground yeah. to cover and a lot of a lot that still didn't get sorted out. Not much time to get funky there. That's for sure. Well, moving ahead quite some time to 1933. <laughs> yeah, just a few millennia. Just a few. Or one millennia. Something, something. yeah. A millennia point something. Yes. 
Um, George Kelly Barnes, better known as Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, really? Not to be confused with the pop star uh, doucher. Okay. When I first started trying to search this, that's all that came up. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. How did you sort through all of it to find this historical figure instead of the current? Painfully. Uh-huh. Painfully and tediously. Okay. All right. So ultimately, it was today, 1933, that he pleads not guilty to charges of being a co-conspirator in the kidnapping of oil tycoon and businessman Charles Urschel. Okay. Now, Kelly, for those of you unfamiliar who only are familiar with this douchey pop star, Machine Gun Kelly, the theft of the name uh-huh. uh, happening with him, the original, the true gangster uh, he was from Memphis, Tennessee, active during the Prohibition era. Not limited to there. Um, he was actually arrested in Tulsa, I believe, oh Oklahoma, oh for gosh. something, served some time in Leavenworth, and it was upon his release from there that all of this goes down. Now, it was ultimately Urschel, the guy who was kidnapped. Yes. It was his own smarts and coolness uh, that led to Kelly's conviction, despite being under duress, being blindfolded. He kept his wits about him. He paid attention to background noises. He counted footsteps. He purposefully touched as many surfaces as he could to leave fingerprints behind. And it was it was literally everything he did that proved invaluable to the FBI, allowed a, a case to be made and ultimately Kelly's conviction. Wow. Uh, as well as alongside his uh, wife, I believe it was truly legal wife, who... Some could even argue drug him further down the dark path than he intended to go. Well, you know um, those Delilahs. Now, yeah. His trial was held literally miles, not not over 10, less than five even miles from where we sit right now recording this. It was at the post office, courthouse, federal office building, which I, th- I think may have all been the same thing at the time, in downtown Oklahoma City. Well, what do you know about that? Just... All the fame, all the funky fame right here. All the fame and infamy. That too. You could possibly want. And you have a whole slew yeah, let's talk of entertainment. Some, let's things. talk about some pop culture things in history. 1956 today saw the opening of the film The Ten Commandments, a film I've never seen, but it's what? a great of American filmmaking. It was directed by Cecil D. B. DeMille. Mm-hmm. Starring, of course, Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner. There's a there's an epic line in there, and I I know it's a quote of scripture, which makes it even worse that I can't remember all of it. But it's Heston saying something to the effect of, and oh gosh, now I'm going to forget it and look like twice the idiot. Um, something and and thou shalt be saved or something. Uh, and he's really Heston-y it's a really it up. Heston-y dramatic thou shalt. Shaved. <laughs> Good. I can remember. I was. I won't say forced. I did watch this as a child. It wasn't my choice. Yes. I didn't pick it. Uh, this was also the era where there weren't a lot of choices sure, and of things course. to pick from. Yes. We saw. I think it was on TV, and we watched it as a family. Indeed, it's interesting. Part of the ceiling just caved in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Well, how about a film I have seen? The 1961 release of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I haven't seen it. Well, you're missing out. Another great of American filmmaking, of course, starring Audrey Hepburn as Holly Golightly. A true American classic film. A delight even in this day and age, I think. Next year, 1962, starring Sean Connery, we have the London premiere of the first 
James Bond film. It was based on the novel by Ian Fleming, Dr. No. Indeed. And I have seen it many times. Have you? I have seen most of the Bond collection many times. So I'm curious. This was based on a novel by Ian Fleming. Mm -hmm. um, it's the first Bond film. So in this film, is there a lot of sort of ground laying and universe building for what would become the Bond universe, or was it? could it have actually just been a standalone film? I, it could have been standalone, and I'm not entirely sure that it's the first James Bond film. Oh. All I know for sure is that it's the first film based on a novel by Ian oh, Fleming. okay. That, I'm not a true Bond expert. Yes. A Bexpert, Bondspert. Bondspert. Something. Yes, I I'm like Bondspert. I'm not one that. of those. I enjoy it. I've seen them, but I've not... I don't have, like, the lore handbook in my back pocket. I don't pull it out and angrily quote it at people who, well, you know, that watch band is an actual incorrect reprint. It's the wrong size for the watch that you're wearing to try to be a James Bond watch, actually. Yes. I was going to say what we need and what we might just find is someone to bondsplain to us right. about how this Dr. No film yes, figures we, into the universe. Yes, we need a bondsplainer. Yes. What I do know, and less because of my Bond fan fair following stuff, yes. words and things, mm -hmm. um, but more because of my fascination with watches. Yes. So there is a very cult following of every Bond film that comes out, there is a watch, special oh. edition watch oh. worn by Bond. Mm -hmm. And more recently, this is true, uh, but they would have done it because they noted all the way back the, as soon as the film came out, there's a rush on for this particular film, I believe, I think. If not, just act like your kids said it. And if it's untrue, blame them at the party you're at where you quote this. Uh, he wore a Rolex Submariner. He wore it on a kind of green-black, I think green-black and red striped NATO watch strap, mm. which look it up. That's a thing. Um, and interestingly enough, in that film, <clears throat> I kind of alluded to this a second ago, they had the wrong sized watch strap on the watch. It was way too small ah. for the watch. And so then the watch planers came out of the, the Yeah, there's probably, but now people would, if they were wanting to be authentic in their replication, they would make sure to have the wrong size nail okay. strap on their Submariner watch. Fascinating. Yeah. And then they've migrated through both Rolex and Omega watches over time. So all of that information and a cup of coffee will get you a cup of coffee. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, well, in 1969, on BBC television is the debut of Monty Python's Flying Circus. That show lasted for four seasons and a total of 45 episodes. Some of those sketches from Flying Circus are still considered to be some of the greatest comedic skits of all time. Indeed. I have even heard Conan on his podcast, and I cannot remember who the guest was, but them referencing John Cleese. Uh -huh. um, yes. referencing stuff from that, as well as uh, a lot of the things uh, done in the film series, not the actual Jewel Theft gang, but the movie series, The Pink Panthers. Oh, yes. Pink Panther, not plural. One. There was one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. One film series, one Jewel Theft gang, two different things. Yes, different things. But the Jewel Theft gang was named after yes. the movie because they... Stole one of the ideas. Yeah. And played the music in the background during their You're Right. Heist. Yes. On bagpipes and harmonicas. <laughs> but the little kid kind, the plastic ones. Of course. Yeah. That part's not as true. Mm-hmm.
All right, I guess it's my turn, and that's why you keep looking at me. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yes. 1994, which most people would recognize as perhaps the greatest senior class of all time. <laughs> I just so happened to be in that class. Uh -huh. Yes. Some might even say its reason for greatness was my presence. I don't know. Uh -huh. I don't push the issue. Okay. I don't deny it. I don't support it. Yes. In any event, that year... 48 members of the Order of the Solar Tradition cult committed suicide to escape the hypocrisies and oppression of this world. Now, the order was started a decade earlier in Geneva, though some scholars have made an effort to trace the roots back further. Possibly 1952, possibly 1968, even if those weren't, if that wasn't, neither of those were the actual founding, they were definitely influential times. Yeah. It's a weird group. They adopted, uh, or stole rather, the Templar cross from yes. the Knights Templar mm -hmm. of old. Mm -hmm. um, they had some weird beliefs, weird stuff. They, yeah, they did. Most they're cults too. <laughs> yeah. Well, throughout 90, excuse me, belch like an eight. Bingo. Everybody drink. Um, Throughout 94 and 95, they're, there's, they're notorious for a series yeah. of murders, mass suicides that took place in France, in Switzerland, and even in dear old Canada to our north. I am nodding vigorously while you say this because... I you know, were there? No, thank goodness. But I do know that the Sinisterhood podcast has done oh, yeah. at least one episode on this. This, in the realm of cults, the solar tradition cult, they there's lots of stories. Like, you can spend some time doing a whole deep dive on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know Sinisterhood covered it. I'm sure others have as well. It's If you're interested in these types of things, it's well worth looking at. Yeah, so Wikipedia's got a decent read. And oh, write I'm up. sure, yes. Uh, but that podcast is probably... Probably a pretty solid way to go about it, too. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, well, in 2004, King George, George Strait, yeah. releases an album called 50 Number Ones. Now, George Strait, he's aware of the fact that he makes good music. Yeah, he, and then, in fact, 50 of them yes. were number one. He has no qualms at all about releasing often greatest hit compilations, 50 Number Ones. Yeah. He knows that people enjoy his music, and he's here to give the people what they want. Hey, you can't fault a pig for returning to the trough. Exactly, and I think that George would agree with that as well. Yeah, oink, oink, oink. <laughs> so that was in 2004, 50 number ones from George Strait. Now in 2005, author Stephanie Meyer publishes her first in the, the what would become a series, the mm -hmm. Twilight series. The first novel drops Twilight. Now... Longtime fans of this show of Sort of Awesome and people who just know me in real life know I enjoy vampire lore and stories deeply. I have, however, never read Twilight, nor have I watched the movies. I watched one. I felt strange afterwards. It did not feel did you, good. Did you sparkle? Um, Don't the vampires in this universe sparkle? Probably. There was, there was a lot of stuff that I felt like it was a pretty liberal adaptation of lore. <laughs> mm -hmm. I tend to cling to the old stuff. Okay. Well, there you go. If you would like to revisit that moment in history, this could be a time to do that. Indeed. Indeed. Well, 2013, in Morocco, 
two teenagers, ages 14 and 15. They take a picture of themselves kissing. Do a little smooshy smooch. Yeah. Not getting funky. Well, it's their own version of funky. Yeah. Um, they post it on the Facebook, and it does end up later printed in the newspaper there. Oh, my. They are arrested yep. for this. It is there, or at least it was in 2013, uh, a violation of public decency. Okay. Well, this is, let this be a lesson to us all. If you put something on Facebook, it's bound to get you in trouble. It's bound <laughs> sooner or later. It's going to get you. Going to get you in trouble. If not with the authorities, then with your parents. <laughs> yes. Who are somewhat your authorities? It's just a different version. I guess. In this in this instance, the government said, no, we'll parent your kids for you. If you can't parent your kids, yes. we'll do it for you. Indeed. Indeed. Well, leading into Whirlwell. Watch, read, listen, lifestyle. It has been a very full weekend. It has. And we, we went into the weekend like, huh, we don't really have much plan. You were going to go get a little... Beard trim situation. And I did. Yeah, did. Beard trim. Haircut. Haircut, all the things. But that was the Pleased only... with it. Yeah, that was the only thing like on our schedule. Mm -hmm. And then it just blossomed into quite a full weekend. Things escalated. They did, in a good way. So just from stuff we've talked about, what you could watch, there is, of course, the old Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston, uh, with Cecil B. DeMille, the mm -hmm. producer, mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. Um you may or may not want to watch the whole thing. Maybe just a clip on YouTube or something to remind you of why you don't watch the whole thing. Right. It's a little rough. It's a little old. Uh, good message overall. Yes. Yeah. Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Dr. No. Monty Python's Flying Circus. All. All the things yes. we've discussed here. I discovered and power watched in, was it two nights or three? Like three nights. Three nights. Maximum, yeah. I watched, it's originally a CBS show, but Netflix just got it up and running evil. That's it, just one word. Evil. One word, evil. I am quite sure that it's fraught with errors and incorrectness, uh, but it doesn't alter the entertainment value. The baseline of the story is mm -hmm. you've got a fellow who is studying for the priesthood. Mm-hmm. And while doing so, uh, evidently there has there have been an influx, and I can't remember if it's like three hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, some ridiculous number of requests into the Catholic Church for exorcisms. Right. Yes, because as we've talked about, that's still it's a thing. It's still a thing. It's still where people go. Yes. There's nobody else doing it. That's right. And so, what he does then? He's not an exorcist. He's not a priest yet. Mm -hmm. So he kind of goes and does some initial investigatory work to determine, is this real or not? Now, they has, you end up with this, this group of three uh, protagonists who work together. You have this guy who's plainly very spiritual. Mm -hmm. You have another guy who I believe is an atheist. Okay. But he's working there with, he's somewhat of a, a technology guru. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and he takes that side of looking and explaining, oh, this thing, that thing, it came from mm -hmm. this over here. And then the, the third is a lady who is a psychologist. And I think she's a lapsed Catholic. Mm-hmm. And so she's familiar enough, but then also has this psychological side. And it's, it's brilliant to me. Parts of it are in that. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. At different points in time early in, you see pushback. Well, the church doesn't believe in science or this or that, but it's like, no, actually, yeah, the church does. And we welcome the scientific perspective. We think they get along quite well. And so then it's a procedural show. Right. And they're going in that format. You know, every episode is a new case that they're looking at. Ultimately, there is some overarching story of an impending demonic something troublesome that is on the rise. All right. I, it's cheesy at times, but I thought it was really good. Good storytelling. Yeah. Good acting, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch much of it, but what I did see was disturbing in the way that you would think a show called Evil would be. And yeah. That's well done, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the first episode, not knowing what to expect, there were honestly, maybe even the first couple, there were spots where I got a little, I got a little spooky mm-hmm. feeling about stuff. And that doesn't happen very often. Would be a good binge to watch during October, the month of spooky. Indeed. Well, if you want to read something, speaking of spooky, why not read Twilight? I'm not going to, but maybe you could. <laughs> I feel like, I do kind of feel like this is one of those where the ship has sailed. Yeah. If you were going to read it. You could have read it. Um, If you would like to read something uplifting, something to restore your faith in humanity. And something new. Something brand new that has left me in tears in a good way this afternoon Mm -hmm. as I've read through it. Pope Francis just released a brand new encyclical letter. It is called Fratelli Tutti. Fratelli Tutti. Oh, hold on. First of all, I want to clear up. You said he released it? Yes. Because I was desperately curious as I thought through this. With an encyclical, is it released, dropped, debuted, premiered? What's the right language? So it's released. The Catholic publication Alatea uses the verb, the, the verbiage saying uh, on October 4th, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, the Holy Father has released a okay. new encyclical letter. Perfect. So being the convert that I am. I'm just going to trust that they're correct. Well, sure. I, mean, I wasn't calling it into question. I was just curious how, yeah. how they, what nomenclature was correct. Mm-hmm. Um, now, secondly, the name of it again? Fratelli Tutti. Right on. Now, I won't uh, pretend like we haven't already had this conversation briefly, but immediately the first time uh-huh. I, I heard this, I was like, oh, shut up. That's the name of the crime family on the Goonies, the Fratellis. (laughs) How you remember these things, I will never know or understand. You could not remember Mama Fratelli. She's one of the most scary figures in cinema. That's for sure, yes. 
So I'm sorry for the Goonies imagery being in your mind. Set that to the side for a moment, along with all thoughts and daydreams of Baby Ruth candy bar. Yes, from Chunk. He loved the Baby Ruth and the Rocky Road ice cream. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Fratelli Tutti, first of all, and I'm reading from this article at Alatea called 10 Things to Know About the Pope's newest encyclical letter. The dogs are snoring already. Yes, you've already bored the dogs They're anti-Catholic. Um, <laughs> so I did, I read as much as I could with many child interruptions happening, as much as I could of the new encyclical Fratelli Tutti. You can, anybody can access it on the Vatican website. Um, it is addressed to all men and women of goodwill. And he makes it really clear that he really is issuing this letter in a spirit of ecumenical and interfaith hope for humanity, basically. Mm -hmm. And so Fratelli Tutti means all brothers. It's inspired by an admonition, uh, a, a quote from the admonition, admonitions of St. Francis. That admonition reads, let us all brothers consider the good shepherd who to save his sheep bore the suffering of the cross. And the letter itself is about having a spirit of fraternal love and social friendship, community. I think that the Holy Father in this moment recognizes, as all of us do, not just in the United States, but globally, the broken, fractured mm -hmm. state of relationships amongst people, neighbor to neighbor, family to family, those types of things. Well, it so sounds like he basically ripped off the messaging of sort of awesome and called it an encyclical. <laughs> I do like to think that we're totally tracking with what Pope Francis has in mind for the world right now. Yeah. I would never accuse the Holy Father of ripping anything. Well, okay. He got a little <laughs> gratuitous with his borrowing. <laughs> Not that we wouldn't have given him permission. It just would have been nice if he'd asked. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. When we would definitely have granted it. Um, he goes on to write about the inalienable dignity of every human being. Of course, this has been Catholic teaching from the beginning, but he really wants to affirm that. He writes, social friendship and universal fraternity necessarily call for an acknowledgement of the worth of every human person always and everywhere. And he spends a lot of time talking about the importance of recognizing, he specifically calls out like people with disabilities, uh, people who are born into places where they, they face a lot of social oppression, economic oppression. He really seems to have an eye toward us not forgetting the the forgettable, the people that society would like to forget. Yes, yes, yes. And um, and spends a lot of time on that. The theological heart of the letter is a meditation on the parable of the Good Samaritan. So Pope Francis says, the parable eloquently presents the basic decision we need to make in order to rebuild our wounded world. In the face of so much pain and suffering, our only course is to imitate the Good Samaritan. Um, he goes on to say, to be Good Samaritans who bear the pain of others' troubles rather than fomenting <clears throat> greater hatred and resentment. And so, yeah, you can go and read at Alatea or other Catholic publications or probably some mainstream media as well um, on Fratelli Tutti. It is, if you have time, it's not a short read, but it's not, uh, you can sit down and read it, I think, in, yeah. in one reading or maybe a few readings. It's beautiful. It's moving. I just, I think he's providing the leadership that the world is craving right now. Somebody speaking to that essential element that all human beings have to be connected to one another. Mm -hmm. And as Pope Francis says, our world is wounded. 
That is kind of the case of the human condition for sure, but it feels so fraught right now. And I truly believe, and I know that Pope Francis's heart is for connection, love, like the whole basis of this letter is loving people and then what that actually looks like. Yep. Even though he is a dirty conspiratorial Jesuit, (laughs) he has a great heart. Yeah, if you enjoy conspiracy theories, just type Jesuit conspiracy theory into the Google machine and have fun. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, we were so in the Yeah, on to listen, right? Yes. So, obviously, George Strait, 50 number ones, that's a great collection. We have owned it more than once, I think, because Mm -hmm. we've transitioned formats with it, lost it, bought it, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. now, this is fascinating to me because we're all fascinated with ourselves, right? Um, Saturday morning, I'm sitting in my office, and I'm, I'm actually doing a little research that will come into another story shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear this song playing somewhere in the house, and legit, I mean, I feel like if you've ever seen uh, the old classic Frankenstein or even the, the spoof version uh, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. You have this moment where the monster hears the, yes. the violin music and he's yes. seeking it. This is exactly how I felt. You had a Frankenstein moment. I did. I hear this music and I'm like, what, what is this sorcery? Where is it? Yes. And I'm, I throw an ear down the stairwell and I can't, it's not from downstairs. It's, I wander through, it's coming out of the boys' room. Okay. And it's not the kind of music the boys listen to. Uh-huh. Not that they listen to any music. Right. Uh, other than a few oddities here and there. Yeah. And I get in there, and, and you've mentioned frequently the rabid fixation that the boys have right now on both Godzilla and King Kong. Yes. And if you can get both of them in a video or any other format together, even better. That's their happy place. It is actually, it's a YouTube video some guy has made, and I think he was comparing two different versions of Godzilla, but he's not talking much. He's just kind of showing them and playing with them and stuff like is the hot thing now. Mm -hmm. But the background music he had chosen, this song, it's incredible to me. It's, it's just really strikes a thing that's entertaining to me. And so I'm, I grab the remote from the kid pushing down because, you know, I can whip most little kids pretty easy. (laughs) And I'm, I'm, Hang on a second. And I'm thumbing through and I find the, the title of the video. I give him the remote back. I go into my computer and I'm, I'm searching. I find the video and there's nothing in the notes to indicate what the song is. You're kind of legally supposed to do yes. that. He didn't. And so I'm like, what do I, what do, I do? And then I'm like, oh, the, the iPhone app, uh, Shazam. Yep. You turn that on. It listens to whatever's there and it will tell you. It searches its database. It will tell you what song, who the artist is. It's a fantastic app if you've never run across it. Um, And so I get that. I actually have it on my phone. I didn't know if I still did or not. I get it in there. I make him, give me the remote. Stop talking. And he's trying to tell me about Godzilla. I'm like, no, no time for that. Shut it. Shut it down. Who cares about Godzilla? Rewind the video a little bit. And then I I get things going and it grabs it. Give him the remote back. Get out of here. I'm leaving. Go. Shut up. I go back to the computer. I'm typing up. Well, the first thing it pulls up from the name, I'm looking on Spotify. It is not what it is. I do a few Google searches. Um, and I find, I find the remix, which is what the guy had actually used as the background music. Yeah. A little bit more detective work. I find the original. It's a 1920s 
song, which I love. Love 1920s jazz, big band, yeah, all this stuff. The name of it is Please Don't Talk About Me When I'm Gone. Hmm. All right. It's a fantastic song. Mm -hmm. It's by Jack Whitney and his orchestra. And I think on all of Spotify, this is the only song of Jack Whitney and his orchestra that they have. Whoa. Okay. It's worth checking out just for that song alone. If you like it, there are four different playlists that kind of coincide. Now, the one that has this song on it is 1920s music from American Dime Stores. Okay. The other three that are just similar music, Jazz Age Chronicles Volume 6, mm -hmm. Dime Store 1920s Volume 2, and Popular 1920s Jazz Bands Encore 7. My goodness, so much 1920s music. It's I love it. I I was thrilled that, in that all of that came from Godzilla. is kind of amazing. From Godzilla, King Kong, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. You never know. Expect a miracle. You never know where you're going to find something good. Yes. Okay, lifestyle. Of course, we would encourage you wholeheartedly to get funky. As funky as you want, as long as you want, keeping it clean. Is keeping it clean part of the initial instructions from Funky Town? Or is this no, just no. something that's morally important to you? This is me trying to keep it awesome. Okay. Don't, <laughs> don't get on awesome with it. Okay. Well, if you are in Morocco, uh, do not post pictures of yourself kissing on Facebook or probably anywhere. Right, Let's be right. serious about that. Um, you have a whole thing. Yes. I'm just going to let you cover this because there's a, there's a lot to this story. Okay. So the research I was doing Saturday morning when I heard Frankenstein's violin <laughs> yes. was related to internet. Mm -hmm. Now, we both run a relatively bandwidth-intensive business, yep. separate, two businesses, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And we are now, we have kids who use screens, watch stream stuff, all that, and we now have two kids trying to participate in group calls and yes. stuff for school from distance, all of that. Yep. And our, our internet is an atrocity. Yeah, we've known it was bad. We've mm -hmm. known it was bad. But man alive, once the school year started, right. we multiple times have been like, this is almost unworkable. Like right. somebody would have to get on a Zoom call and there would be text flying through our family group chat to be like, everybody off the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just so that they could get to their classroom and do the work they're supposed to do. We even, this would have been just shortly into, this before the school year, shortly into when we started this show, Awesome Today, we upgraded to the fastest service available through our current provider. Yep. And hey, look, we're we're not tech wizards. We're reaching the age where technology is decreasing with every increase of days that go by. Yeah. And so we don't know what number matters. We're just like fat, fast, yeah. whatever you have that's fast. Yep. And so they're like, well, we have this. Okay, that's the fastest. Yes, do it. Yeah. And it's still this problem. And so... I'm doing a little bit of reading. I find out uh, what probably everybody else is currently screaming at their phone right now is that that's that's one piece of the chain. One piece. It's like a three-legged stool. It is, except I don't like that analogy. <laughs> it's one of my favorite analogies. You would. It's it's a chain. Yeah. It's a three-link chain. Okay. And you're only going to be as, as viable as the weakest link. Yes. There. So it's... It's what you have available to you. Mm -hmm. It's what your 
modem can handle. And then if you're doing wireless, which who isn't with stuff, it's what your Wi-Fi router can handle. Right. Any one of those can be the bottleneck. And apparently we have a problem with all three. Uh -huh. Yeah. One. Turns out. Yeah. So in the process of this, and it's probably not worth detailing all the things we figured out, but it, the fascinating to me part is in the process of this, uh, you had put some messaging out into the, into the group on Facebook, on Facebook mm -hmm. help. And one of the awesomes that lives a short distance from here was like, whatever you're doing, stop. Yes. And immediately started communicating stuff via text to help, mm -hmm. uh, which we needed. And being the good people that we are, we invited ourselves over to their house for dinner. We, we told them did. we will bring food if you'll cook it. Yep. And then we want a full tour of your technology and how you're doing stuff. Yes. They were so gracious. Yes. And kind to do that. Um, and we had an outstanding, we talked the least amount of time about that. We had an outstanding yeah, visit and catch up with them. Yes. Um, they're, I think they've, if, if for everybody that wants to sit around and sing woe is me over their quarantine difficulties, um, she is very pregnant due what? In December. In December. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've had to be even exceptionally more careful and yeah. all of that and great people. Um, it was great to catch up with them. Yes. Uh, much appreciated the fellowship, the food, the yeah, we had a great technological night. guidance and fascinatingly to me. So the husband, uh, who that's, you know, predominantly who I would visit with. Yes. We stick to... Uh, gender segregation at these get-togethers. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> it just worked out that we, way. Yeah, we'd gone out to the grill to, to cook and we're visiting for a decent amount of time there. He's a surgeon. And uh, we got to talking about diet stuff and different, you know, different medical health stuff related things. And, and I brought up what I have mentioned, what we've mentioned here several times before, Dr. Paul Saladino, mm -hmm. who is... Probably in terms of, of you know, research and the true science behind this particular elimination diet that we've gone on, he's he's kind of the the tip of the spear on that stuff. Oh yes, uh -huh. and I bring that up, and he's like, "What's his name? Paul Saladino?" And he's asking me questions that I don't know the answer yeah, to yeah, about who know. the guy is and I all that. Know. And he's like, I, "I don't know." The reason I ask is blah 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 blah. It turns out. He knows, I think he attended some schooling together or something. He's crossed paths with with Paul Saladino in the past, yeah. knew who he was, verified it later uh, after we, he had the courtesy to wait till after we left to get on the internet and figure out, yeah, that's exactly who that is. <laughs> and I know who he is. And so, yeah, we are now, what, two degrees of Kevin Bacon separated from that's right. Dr. Paul Saladino. So that was kind of cool. That was cool. I love it. Small, small world. Um, also over the weekend, you set us up to refill our Lambrugier. Yes. We've mentioned our Lambrugier on the show. I can't remember if we mentioned the fact that I accidentally discovered exactly how a Lambrugier works mm -hmm. by leaving the cap off of it one day after I'd been letting it uh, purify the air. As it turns out, alcohol, that is right. the, most of the content of the Lambrugier, uh, what, mm -hmm. what do you call that? Lamp. Yes, lamp part. It evaporates. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it continues off yep. of that heated coil thing to... Yes. It just goes and diffuse. goes and goes and goes. Yeah. And so we had started... This was like literally the second time I'd ever used it after you bought it. 
I left the cap off and it did exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It evaporated the entirety of the contents. It of the actually lake. ridded all of Oklahoma City of the coronavirus <laughs> for like 30 minutes. Yes, it exactly. was incredible. So you set us up with a refill of the Ocean Breeze mm -hmm. scent that we love. So we got that fired up, literally fired up. Yeah. Again, and... Did it yesterday, did it today. It's a delight. All the freshness. It's a delight. For somebody who loves good smells as much as I do, I cannot believe I've lived this long on this planet without having an active yeah. Lambergee situation well, in Well, it's life. worse because we've known about it. Yeah. And we didn't do it. That's... Some people would define that as insane. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. And that leads us to Sunday, which is the day we're recording for this Yes. Wonderful Monday episode. Yes. Well, all the things. You go. You know the, the details here. Okay. Well, for you all, yesterday, Sunday, was the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. We, as uh, parishioners at mm -hmm. a parish named for, uh, who has the patron saint of St. Francis of Assisi, in fact... You may know this. Our church building is a shrine of yes. St. Francis of Assisi because one of his relics is embedded in the altar mm -hmm. at the front of our church. Um, is it so, his big toe? I made that up. I don't know. Anybody. You know, I just Catholics are so weird with their relics. Just it's a body yeah. part. That's all you get. Yeah. Don't know what it is. It's in there, though. So uh, because we are parishioners there, um, all of the churches of St. Francis of Assisi, because it fell on a Sunday were given special permission to have a liturgy, which was the memorial of St. Francis of Assisi. Normally, that would not happen. Normally, right. almost no feasts can supersede the uh, Sunday liturgy for whatever Sunday it is in ordinary time or whatever the liturgical season is. But we were able to have this beautiful liturgy that was really focused on St. Francis of Assisi because he is our patron. Now, uh, in the homily, our priest mentioned two people who were deeply influenced by St. Francis of Assisi. One, of course, being St. Clair of Assisi. Mm -hmm. Many people know her. We also have a relic of St. Clair. That's in, right. In the reliquary in our church, we have a little playground named for St. Clair. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Clair, of course, started the order of the poor Clares. And so he spoke on her a bit. And then he also talked about our boy, Carlo Acutis, who is, we just recently discussed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, Carlo will be beatified this upcoming Saturday and will henceforth be known as Blessed Carlo Acutis. Acutis? Yes. Acutis. A Acutis, I think. Okay. That is, unless and until... He is actually sainted, at which point he would be saint That's rather right. than blessed. That's right. Do you want to read this part? Do you want me to? This is your notes, so okay. you, you run away with it. Okay, so the reason we were talking about him last week was because he was trending. I think this actually may have just been on the Saturday episode. It may have been, yes. He was trending. His name was trending towards the end of the week because there had been a rumor, sort of a, an a assertion from a while back that perhaps Carlo was an incorruptible. Mm-hmm. Now they are, they're kind of walking that back and saying, well, uh, there's Father, Father Carlos um, Acasio Convales Ferreira. All the words we can't pronounce. Forgive us, Father. Yes. We're sad at your Sorry. name. Um, He's just Father. Yes. He is actually the rector of the shrine where Carlos's tomb is. And he did say that the body was discovered fully integral, though not intact. Okay. Not sure exactly what the, the, the yeah. defining things are there, but... In, in fairness, I mean, 
the incorruptible bodies that people would celebrate and see are the ones that literally it's like either they have not decomposed noticeably at all or it's been a wickedly slower than science can account for process. Right. But this, depending, the church will ultimately declare, but at least it appears as though he's not, his body has not decayed at the rate that science indicated indicates that it should have. Yes. Whether or not the church climbs fully on board, that's up to the church and we support whatever's decided there. But that's why yeah. the, call it confusion for now. Yes. Because it ain't normal, whatever happened. Right. I love this next part. I'm going to try to get through it without crying. So his body will be presented for veneration at his beatification. In Assisi, he asked to, even though he was raised in Milan and went to school in Milan, he, remember he died when he was 15, he asked that he could be buried um, in Assisi uh, because he was so inspired by the life of St. Francis. Um, and so there is that is where his beatification mass will be said, and that's where his body will be presented for veneration. So the way that he's going to be presented is very remarkable. I really hope I can get through this without trying to do it. So Father, the rector of the shrine there said, for the first time in history, we will see a saint dressed in jeans, sneakers, and a sweater. This is a very, this is a great message for us. We can feel holiness, not as a distant thing, but as something very much within everyone's reach because the Lord is the Lord of everyone. Right on. And you made it. I and did. you can cry if you want. And you can Google his name. You will see pictures of him in his um, glass coffin presented for veneration. And he genuinely is. Like, it's really remarkable to see. He's wearing jeans, sweater, and yeah. sneakers. And so... <sighs> Lots of inspiration yeah. coming out of this weekend. That was a big episode. Lots of information crammed into however long that took. Yeah. I feel good about it. I do too. I hope this is a great week ahead for everybody. Indeed. Wonderful Monday. Have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Kyle excessively used the word, absolutely. He, absolutely, needs a thesaurus in his life. I suppose we should just be impressed that someone taught the ape how to use human words at all. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.